Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a guy that finally stopped drinking for good. Now he drinks for evil. He is the captain. I can't quit you. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Tonight, we are drinking Lorelei Barrel-Aged Extra Maple by the brilliant folks at Omnipalo Brewing in beautiful Stockholm, Sweden. Garage grade, a big, robust four and a half bottle caps out of five. This is an imperial porter with an amazing aroma. Really good coffee, maple syrup, and hazelnut flavors. Lots of chocolate bitterness, almost like the dark chocolate that I would use for cooking. That taste is amazing, and this beer is amazing, and was brought to us by these amazing people. First up, we have Maddie and her friend Alex from the streets of Philadelphia. And a big shout out to Elizabeth in Grand Ledge, Michigan. And next, a long distance high five to Ellen who listens while commuting down in Atlanta. And a big cheers mates to Richard in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And we also have Clay in Baton Rouge. And last but not least, a big shout to Miklos in Windsor Locks, Connecticut. Thanks to everybody for helping us out for this week's show. If you want to help us out with next week's beer run, go to truecrimegarage.com and click on the donate button. And make sure you check us out on social media, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. You can find us at True Crime Garage. And that is enough of the business. Thank you, Captain. Everybody gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime.
In August of 2017, 30-year-old Kim Wall disappeared after boarding the UC-3 Nautilus submarine with a man named Peter Madsen. Now, we discussed that they had found Peter Madsen. He claims that he had dropped Kim off, and then later they find the submarine, and they find evidence to suggest that something very bad had happened to Kim Wall while on board the submarine. But at this point, they've still not found Kim Wall. Police, in an effort to do so, reconstructed the travels of the Nautilus on August 10th and 11th using radar signals from other ships' traffic that night. And they conducted extensive searches of the waters the Nautilus navigated. So a huge effort made, but they do not locate Kim. Well, on August 21st, a cyclist biking at 3.40 in the afternoon on a major island near where the Nautilus went down, he found a naked, mutilated torso floating on the island's shoreline. So they find her body 11 days after she went missing. The torso, which had a belt strapped around it, with several pieces of metal piping tied to the belt, as if to weight it down. The corpse was sent to the Department of Forensic Medicine at the University of Copenhagen, where DNA analysis confirmed that this was Kim Wall. Peter then embellished his story about the accidental death to try to account for the discovery of this naked torso. All right, so let's... Let's hear what the dick knows had to say. Well, some of these details about his story came out in the press, Mm -hmm. uh, despite a court gag order put in place so that the lurid details would of what happened to Kim didn't become tabloid fodder. Well, when they placed the gag order, I think, uh, Peter started playing flicky flicky again in a September hearing to determine whether there was sufficient evidence to, continue to hold Peter pending further investigation of the case. Peter told the court that he slipped when in the subs tower and tried to hold the hatch, but it fell down. Kim, who was on her way up the tower was hit in the head by the hatch. She fell down the ladder and bled from an open skull fracture. This is what he said. Mm -hmm. He explained that the accident horrified him and he panicked He then hauled Kim up using a rope, which resulted in her clothes being pulled off. Specifically, he stated that her stockings and underwear came off as a result of his pulling her up by the legs. He then dropped her body into the sea and intended to commit suicide because he was so distraught from what had just occurred. Soon after Kim's torso was found, the prosecutor changed the charges against Peter Madsen to manslaughter. Now, just to be clear, in Denmark, this is a greater charge, not a lesser charge as it is here in the United States. In Denmark, this is the equivalent of intentional homicide or premeditated murder. The autopsy results, and of course, they were shocking. They concluded that Kim had been stabbed 14 times in and around her vagina, along with at least one other stab wound on her rib cage and others on the body. It was determined that these wounds were inflicted, quote, around or shortly after her death, end quote. The, uh, the autopsy could not determine whether she was strangled, but there were signs of mechanical asphyxia caused by either strangulation or slit throat. Kim's limbs, they could determine, were likely removed with assault. 
Mm-hmm. Now, Danish military divers continue to look for the rest of Kim's body in the water around where the sub sank. This was an incredibly complicated effort requiring oceanography experts in currents and tides analyzing likely flow of the waters. They used meteorologists to analyze the weather patterns effect on the water in the area and recreations of some of the exact sailing routes of the Nautilus using that radar that we discussed earlier. Right, and again, this is 11 days after she went missing or last time she was seen. So they have to do this math and this research for the last 11 days. Well, once investigators determined where the body likely was, they used special cadaver dogs from Sweden who were trained to sniff through water. These, these amazing dogs can smell a dead body 30 meters down, even after the passage of time. Mm. Finally, nearly two months after Kim went missing, divers found her head, clothing and sneakers and a knife in separate plastic bags in the waters about 0.6 miles from where her torso was found. They also found both legs. All of these body parts were weighted down with pieces of metal piping or tubes as they were described being similar to that that was used in the Nautilus, in the submarine. Well, there's so many cases that we cover that law enforcement will screw something up or the investigation gets screwed up or you even feel like there might be just a lack of effort. And then in this case, you see law enforcement and you see this team of people gather around together and, and really go above and beyond. Well, despite these discoveries, Captain, Peter stuck to his story. The, the, uh, Kim had been hit in the head by the heavy hatch and died, and he disposed of her body. Yeah. Uh, He denies killing her. He denies dismembering her. However, a post-mortem examination of Kim's skull conducted once her head was retrieved from the bay showed no sign of any kind of fracture or violence to the skull, meaning his story is not true. It's a a lie. But not only is it a lie, but we also have evidence that shows that you're watching videos where it's vaginas being stabbed. And then her vagina stabbed 14 times. Like that's what kind of coincidence is that? Mm -hmm. Well, and the interesting thing too is, as we mentioned, not only sticking with his story that he didn't kill her, but also that he didn't dismember her. And this is even after divers found a saw with a blade consistent with whatever tool that was used to dismember Kim, Kim's body. Right. So, Sometime in late October 2017, the Copenhagen police reported that Peter now was ready to change his story once again regarding that night in August. Now alleging that Kim died from carbon monoxide poisoning. He said he was up on the deck of the Nautilus and a carbon monoxide leak down below where Kim was caused by a sudden drop in the sub's air pressure. This is what killed her. And he states that a vacuum effect kept him from being able to open the hatch to go down and save Kim. By the time he was able to open the hatch, he said, I found her lifeless on the floor and I squat next to her and tried to wake her up, slapping her cheeks. Mm. Peter claimed he tried for an hour to lift Kim's body out of the sub, 
but finally gave up and decided that the only way to get her off of this submarine was to cut her up. So at this point, two months after Kim's death, Peter finally admitted to dismembering her body in the bathroom of the Nautilus using, quote, whatever tools were around. He told the court that he then weighed down and dumped Kim's body parts and changed his clothes. So soon after this partial confession, the police found an arm in Cobay. Bay. Again, it was weighed down with pipes. And eight days after that, they found another arm. In the full indictment of Peter Madsen, prosecutors alleged that on August 10th, as part of a plan to kill Kim Wall, Peter brought on board the submarine the following, a saw, knife, sharpened screwdrivers, straps, zip ties, and pipes. There are also reports that the indictment mentioned a video camera, which was missing a memory card and stating Peter bound Kim by the head, arms, and legs, and then repeatedly beat, hit, cut, and stabbed her before killing her, possibly by choking or cutting her throat, the indictment said. Right. Now, the trial, Captain, would begin on March 8th, well, 2018. Uh, uh, let's hold up real quick, because how many times, how many stories has he told so far? Four or five? Uh, he's, let's say four. Four seems right. Is he going to keep changing his story? Because, I mean, this show's only an hour long. Well, so, but this is pretty commonplace, especially with these kind of maniacs, with these kind of monsters. Right, this guy's a psychopath. Well, what they do is, okay, they're, they're presented the a story. Okay, this is what, what happened, and we need an explanation. So yeah. he offers one up. Yeah, he goes, well, 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 what happened was, and then he just starts lying out of his stupid fucking mouth, right? That's all he does, right? Well, when evidence is later found and presented to right, him, then that he, he changes. Then he, right, then he changes the story. I mean, let's just go back to the one where he freaked out and didn't know what to do. Again, you call nine one one. You 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 ask for help. You do whatever you can. You don't then to say, hey, well, you know. Now his story basically is, you know, he must think that everybody on this earth is so stupid. That they're going to believe this idea that, oh, Paul, she did, she died, and then I, I kneeled down beside her, and I couldn't do anything. So I decided, well, you know, that saw that I brought on the boat today, let me dismember her, uh, tie her body, uh, tie pipes to her body, uh, parts so that, that they drown and nobody can find them, and then I'll never mention her when, when, they, when they rescue me after I fake drowning my submarine. The fact that this moron believes that anybody's going to believe his story. I mean, it's just, I mean, that shows how crazy this individual is. Well, I don't know that he believes anybody will believe him. He doesn't have any other options at this point. I mean, when, when he offers up a story and then they give him, I mean, other than confessing. Yeah. It's called you're, you're going away for life. I'm guessing they don't have the death penalty. No. And actually I don't know that they, uh, their life in prison might not be the same as our life in prison. This is Don't a tell me that this is a country and in a lot of countries out there, uh, they believe in rehabilitation and yeah, don't, don't believe in that. Well, our country tried that at one point and it didn't work out very well for us. So we don't believe in rehabilitation as much as we advertise that we do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's for lessons learned. 
Well, this trial, Captain, was presided over by one professional judge and two lay judges. This was an option Peter Madsen chose as opposed to a jury trial. Uh, this seems reasonable, seems like a likely option for him. If he were to be tried by a jury, they would probably be immediately shocked and horrified what they would learn about this individual and it'd be a, a quick guilty verdict. So mm-hmm. he's going to take his chances with the judges. Yeah, and just when I praise them, I think I praised them yesterday for putting forth great effort. And now you're telling me that this guy could get out of prison? Well, apprehension effort, you know, apprehending somebody, the effort made forth in that is one thing. Holding them for the rest of their lives is is a different thing. Um, we, we have to keep in mind too, Captain, we're also might not be dealing with a normal, typical situation. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is one, we already I can tell I've been listening. We already discussed the incredibly low murder rate in the area where mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to downplay this or their effort in any manner, mm-hmm. but in other areas of the world, when some, when something goes unsolved for a bit of time, the detectives working that case catch another murder case at some point. Another file lands on their desk. Another investigation is to be had. And we see that a lot with cases that we've covered here in the United States. And that's why sometimes cases go cold because there's just not enough man hours or people to work those cases. Yeah, but, I mean, but this this incident is especially different. Yeah. Because I mean, it shows you. I mean, this shows you how messed up the whole world really is. Well, I mean, that's the that's the sick. It's thing. not the whole world. It's not the whole world. There's a, there's a small part of the world, a small tell, percentage right, of the tell people. Tell me where. Right, right, right. But it's everywhere. It's happening everywhere. Well, of course. Right, but so just tell me the place that it's not happening, and let me go there. Well, you have to go where there's no people. Okay. Well, tell me where that's at because I'm going. You, I'm on the break. Well, that's some people are attempting to go to Mars. Mm. at some point and live and occupy that space. Well, I'll see you in Mars then. Yeah, but if there's more than, if there's some people there, at some point there's going to be a murder. Great. I mean, look, it's... it's. The, I'll keep doing the show until there's a murder on Mars. Everywhere that there's cats and birds, a cat kills a bird. That's just the way that the world works. What are you trying to say about cats? It, it's the way that the world works. Mm. Okay, so we're talking about the trial here. Peter stuck to his story about Kim perishing from carbon monoxide poisoning aboard the submarine. But on the stand, he was almost seemed delusional. At times, he was referring to himself in both the first and third person and frequently switched between present and past tense, saying things like, Kim was having the time of her life, and Peter is talking a lot, and he is happily sharing his dreams with Kim. Mm. Per the indictment, prosecutors argued that Peter had planned the murder. Furthermore, the prosecution intended to show that Peter intended to make a snuff film directed by him and starring what would later be the victim. There were 35 witnesses in this trial, which lasted five weeks. So do they believe that he was just faking this nonsense on on the stand? Or was this something that they think was happening naturally. I think this was happening naturally. I don't have any of their opinions on, on this. And 
um, this is not a trial to determine his state of mind. This is simply a trial to determine his guilt. And in this situation where you have a guy that appears to be very guilty and there's evidence as such, Mm -hmm. it's also more important as to what he is in fact guilty of. He's guilty of something. What in fact was that? And keep in mind, it's the premeditated murder Mm -hmm. that they are accusing him of. So Peter now has an answer as to why there are stab wounds on the torso. And he states that when in panicked, when he was trying to get rid of the body, he stabbed the torso to release the natural gases that would, you know, allow the torso to sink. So it wouldn't Mm -hmm. float up and be found easily found. Well, that's going to make it could make it difficult for the prosecution to determine how she was killed. Or if in fact she had died from that carbon monoxide poisoning, as Peter was suggesting, what they could find is we have scientists who would testify during the course of this trial and they would testify stating that there were no toxic fumes found in the lungs of Kim wall, meaning she didn't, she didn't breathe anything in that would kill her. Mm -hmm. And they also testified that, while an event like that is possible, the event that Peter described is possible. One, we have to keep in mind, the guy practically built by himself this submarine. I mean, with the assistance of the the company that he founded, he built the submarine. So he fully understands the way that this thing would operate as well as the way that defects would take place and accidents could occur. So when he gives you a detailed statement of this is how she died because this happened. Well, he's going to give you something that is likely or, or that is a possibility at least let's say. So while the scientists would agree with that possibility, the thing that they pointed out is for that event to have occurred the way that he stated that there would have had to been some kind of uh, extreme heat event on the submarine, meaning a fire an explosion or something of that nature causing the heat to rise to such a level that that event occurred. Well, the problem with Peter's story is when they look at the submarine and evidence found on the submarine, it would be obvious if that kind of event occurred to begin with, to, to, to have the cause and effect, the domino effect of having this carbon monoxide event take place. So there was no heat. There was nothing destroyed by extreme amounts of heat Mm -hmm. on the submarine. So they're able to practically rule that whole thing out regardless of Peter sticking to his story. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. 
With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com slash garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners, get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer. Thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like calorie smart protein plus and keto. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. 
I am new to Factor and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we're back. Cheers, mates. Cheers, Captain. So as the uh, trial went on, the prosecutors weren't able to fully establish nor prove exactly how Kim Wall died. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, what they could conclude was that at some point, air to the lungs stopped. So that could be the result of several different things. However, all the other evidence point toward her being murdered by Peter Madsen. And these things were as follows. One, we have people, co-workers of his, that would testify that those items that the prosecution states that he brought on board, the, the saw, the screwdrivers, mm-hmm. knives, mm-hmm. zip ties, things of that nature, all those items that they listed, those co-workers suggested and said on the stand, these are not items we would expect somebody to bring onto the sub. These were items that you would expect someone to bring if they were going to murder, maybe torture and dismember somebody. Right. So we have that testimony as well as we have the prosecution who would focus on those, the clips from the snuff films, the torture porn, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. They would focus on those clips. So people in the courtroom, the judges and the journalists that were there, they were forced to watch some of these clips. Now, after a while, the judges said, hey, you got to stop this. We can't just keep showing these things all day long. One, us as judges can't sit through this, and the journalists can't handle it as well. Yeah, and, and then everybody had to put on boots because Peter kept drooling so much while they're watching these clips. Well, it's going to be a lot of this kind of stuff that would lead to the unanimous decision that found him guilty. Uh, and he was guilty on all counts in the indictment. Good, good. So the three major charges were premeditated murder, aggravated sexual assault, and desecrating a corpse. The judge declared the sentence without hesitation or delay, saying this is a cynical and preplanned sexual assault of a particularly brutal nature on a random woman who, in connection with her journalistic work, accepted an invitation for a sailing trip on the accused submarine explaining the rare decision to hand down Denmark's most severe sentence life in prison. Now again, no possibility of parole. Well, I it's again, it, their system is not the same as ours. Mm -hmm. Just to be completely clear, this is a rare decision to give out a life sentence. And, and where I said earlier that I didn't even think he got life. What I mean by that is, we know even in this country, life does not always mean life. Right. So even that it's unusual for a life sentence to be handed down, 
for the murder of a single person in Denmark. It's rare because what mean we mean here is prisoners sentenced to life imprisonment serve an average of 16 years. They are then entitled to periodic reviews of their sentence beginning at 12 years and usually only serve 16. Denmark places heavy emphasis, as we said earlier, on rehabilitation. There are currently only 25 inmates serving life terms in that country. And Peter Madsen was only the 15th person in 10 years to receive that sentence. Now, there is another option that may keep Peter Madsen behind bars for longer. This is a term called safe custody. So this would be a legal alternative which would keep him behind bars indefinitely as long as he is deemed dangerous, that he cannot be in society with anybody else. So I don't really want to put an estimate on how long Peter will be in prison. I don't feel comfortable or confident in an answer for that because I don't fully understand their their system. Yeah. Okay. And well, I'm just always going to think it's sad that somebody could take somebody's life and then only spend that short amount of time in prison. I just think that's always going to be ridiculous to me. Well, hopefully in this situation, life will mean life. And so let's talk about this for a minute, because where we have a country that really firmly believes in rehabilitation, let's examine our subject, the the person that is now serving life in prison. And we know Mm -hmm. we can't say 100 percent what this guy did. We have a pretty darn good idea. All right. We've 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 nailed it down pretty good, I think. Yeah. But even if parts of his story are true, but the initial something initially happened that was, you know, to cause her death, which I don't believe at all. But if let's just say that is true, then his warped sick mind decided that it'd be better to cut her up. And then again, type type hypes around her body parts to try to make him sink. Yeah. N- nobody believes his story or I, I don't even think people believe parts of his story. And the, the sentence And the guilty verdict shows that. So in regards to him and what drove him to this level of madness. Yeah. Was it nature or was it nurture? And that's always been the argument in most of these cases. And I think if we, for me to give my full opinion on that, I need to tell you a little bit more about Peter Madsen. Mm -hmm. Um, what we do know about him, we do know that he was raised by an alcoholic abusive father. It seems as though that Peter might not have been the object of that abuse, meaning there were stepbrothers that he had that seemed to receive quite a bit of abuse as well. I'm sorry, as where Peter was not abused by this man who was his actual father. And we have these statements by him as well as his family members. But the relationship between him and his father was weird. And so was that of him and his mother. Mm -hmm. The mother left his father because of the abuse to the children, to her other three sons. And she took her three sons and protected them. And they went to live with her. She left Peter with, with his father where Peter's father, Carl encouraged Peter's fascination with rockets, submarines, and balloons, even building him a workshop at their home. Peter began experimenting with explosives when he was just six years old, and by the time he was 15, Peter was devoted exclusively to his projects, foregoing his 
studies and social life. This is when he started his own company, Danish Space Academy, to which he took to stating studying engineering. Mm-hmm. Now, he studied engineering, but he quit once he determined that he already knew enough to build submarines and rockets. And we would see this type of behavior from Peter throughout his earlier years, where he would go into like these apprenticeships for welding, refrigeration, engineering, things that he would need to know and learn to further his creation of submarines and rockets. Well, in every situation, he would determine at some point that he knew more than the mentor that he was learning for. I love these guys. They're smarter than everybody. The smartest guy in the room all the time. Well, eventually in 2004, Peter and a former NASA contractor founded Copenhagen Suborbitals. So this was set up so that they could build submarines. And they started this off in a rusty hangar. Peter actually moved into the hangar where he lived and worked on these projects full time. Suborbitals built its first submarine, uh, the Freya, which was a minor success. But then they went on to build this UC-3 not Nautilus that we had discussed so many times. Right, the submarine. The privately funded, this is basically a, a, a DIY submarine. Mm-hmm. So we see this company that he founded have great success in 2004. This is what makes him that local minor celebrity that we talked about. But in 2011, Copenhagen Suborbitals, they launched the Heat 1X rocket. Now, this made Peter a much bigger celebrity. Peter became known as Denmark in Denmark as Rocket Madsen. Mm-hmm. By all accounts, the attention and praise made Madsen even more strange. So, look, the basics of this is, Captain, this dude, he was already a little weird, but mm-hmm. this dude quickly became more strange and more we- weird and not in a good way. Right. So, when he had his first success back in 2004... This is when he also became heavily involved in group sex, BDSM, and swinger events. And he also described himself at that time as a sadist and autoerotically active, whatever that means. But in 2014, I'm sorry, 2011, with this new success, and as stated, he's becoming even more strange he's starting to get into arguments and not getting along with any of his colleagues or business partners. The success went to his head. He's an egomaniac. Okay. And he starts alienating himself from his colleagues. And he accused his business partner of prioritizing his family over their work projects. So in 2014, when he had a falling out with the suborbitals partners, they booted him out of the company. So in retaliation, he started his own competing company, Rocket Madsen Space Lab, in a hangar across the paved lot from Copenhagen Suborbitals. Right. So in August of 2017, Peter was, they're competing, all right? Both of Mm -hmm. them are trying to launch a space rocket at about the same time. But Peter's married at this point, right? Yes, he he had an open marriage. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that he spent a whole lot of time with his wife. Right. So we have both. She was open to not sleeping with him. Well, we have both of these companies competing to be the first to send their rocket into space. Mm -hmm. Okay. And in 2017, in August, leading up to the murder of Ken Wall, 
Peter starts experiencing some setbacks with his projects. So the launch of his new rocket, the Alpha, was planned for August 26th. This was supposed to mean a significant victory for Peter over his rival's suborbitals. But cash flow problems and other problems stopped the launch. Suborbitals was also testing a rocket at that same week. So a huge emotional setback, extremely upsetting for Peter, mm-hmm. an egomaniac. And his company appeared to, his old company anyway, appeared to be getting the better of him. Yeah, and he's right there to see it. Well, after this cancellation, many people would describe Peter's behavior as manic. And then we have a situation that on August 10th, the same day that Kim Wall gets on the submarine with him, earlier that day, he's doing an interview with a woman named Emma Sullivan, who is interviewing him for a documentary. She described him as having a, quote, strange energy. And during the interview, Peter stated that he might be psychopathic. What I'm getting at with all of this, Captain, is we see this individual, and we've seen this from other individuals that would go on to commit serial murder. We see a guy that obviously has fantasies that involve violence and sex at the same time. Very violent sexual acts. And this is a, these are fantasies that we can trace back as early as 2004 per what is found on his computer and phone. Right. But, but let's come on. Let's just assume that he was having some of these before he started looking stuff up on that computer and phone. Well, probably something drove him to that, but I, I don't need to assume anything because we know at the very least 2004. And then we have 13 years of this continued behavior of these fantasies building and building inside of this guy, as well as something else that's occurring during this time. Mm-hmm. His world that he spent so much time to create, it's kind of falling apart. And he is obviously unraveling. People see this. It starts with him losing the company that he co-founded with another individual. Right. And then it starts, then it continues with the failure of his new company. The only way his new company was going to be successful in his mind was if it defeated his old company. Right. And when that came into, into the vision of, I'm not going to beat these guys. There are things that I can't get over. This is the trigger. This is the trigger that they often talk about when we have people that have violent sexual fantasies, that there's something that will trigger them. It's, it could be a divorce, it could be a loss of a loved one. Right, or a uh, breaking point. A breaking that. point, yeah. exactly. And this, I think, was his breaking point. And what we see here is that at some point in August, he starts inviting women that he had met kind of randomly, you know, per chance, people that wanted to interview him, people that he met while he was out walking around or out in public that he barely knew these people. He's inviting these women by themselves on the submarine with him by himself. And I think what we see here is where Ted Bundy had his Volkswagen uh, VW bug. Mm -hmm. And we, and we talked about that being as much of a murder weapon as any of the other weapons that he used to kill these women. Mm -hmm. This is the making to me of a serial killer. This is Peter Madsen, who has already decided that his life is worth a lot more than yours and mine and everybody else's out there. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's because he's smarter than everybody. His sexual fantasies are that important that they mean more to him than you, me, and everybody else out there. Mm-hmm. And if he can get you on his submarine and get you alone, and unfortunately, Kim Wall was a very smart, driven person. She was on that submarine because of her work, because of her passion. And it's a it's a situation of, unfortunately, she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, and what sucks, too, is that she talked to him before. She interviewed him before, earlier that day, and, and thought he was acting strange. Yeah. Straight up says he's weird, mm-hmm. pretty much, to, to her boyfriend. And unfortunately, this guy, this, this monster in the making, mm-hmm. was casting a net time and time again and hoping to catch something. And he got her alone on that submarine. And I tell you what. If he if he could have got away with this, there's no doubt, no doubt in my mind, 100%, he would have attempted to do the same thing time and time again until he was caught. Well, and because of the stress and because of these different breaking points, I also, and also, you know, people that are saying that he's possibly manic or some level of manic, that's probably what got him caught. And so we should be thankful for that mm-hmm. because, you know, to create these things and go on these endeavors, you have to be somewhat intelligent. And so I think if he was, if Peter was in his right mind and maybe not manic and he knew he could actually plan it out better, this is an individual, especially with the tools of having rockets, having submarines Mm -hmm. that this individual could probably get away with multiple murders before getting caught. And I believe because of his, the stress level in his manic states that that's probably what led him to getting caught. And thank God he wasn't good at murder because like you, like you said, and like I said, he would have continued to do this. Mm -hmm. Now there are a lot of people, law enforcement included that after he was put away, that they started looking at old cases to say, Hey, was this just one that he really screwed up and we caught him for? Has, Has he been doing this before? And they couldn't find much of a connection. There was one that did, uh, that they thought could possibly be connected, but it would have been from when he was about 15 or 16 years old. My just thoughts, my general thoughts here of what I can see on the surface is he didn't do a very good job, um, with this one. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, I don't think he had the ability like you said, and that's what got him caught. He but didn't again, have the ability to to cover this up, and thank God for that. Right, but his mental health could have been more intact when he was fifteen. Maybe he wasn't having any signs of manic episodes, and and could he possibly do something where he could get away with it for that long? I would say possible. Well, my hopes are that when they give him his first review after twelve years. And then again, every time he gets a review after that, mm-hmm. please keep in mind that had he gotten away with this, he would have continued to do this. And therefore that makes him that fall into that quote, safe custody category where he is a danger to society and he needs to be kept from society. Well, and if he is having manic episodes, those don't always go away. They can go away. So but if he keeps showing signs of that and talking about himself in third person, um, you know, talking about situations where he was there, but as if he's not there, I think those are going to be deterrents on letting him out.
To listen to exclusive bonus episodes of True Crime Garage and our new show, Off the Record, only available on Stitcher Premium, you can listen for a free month. Just go to stitcherpremium.com slash truecrimegarage and use the promo code GARAGE. And I hear everybody's enjoying it. Everybody loves it. I, I heard that it's uh, it's Mark Wahlberg's favorite show. There you go. That's all you need to know. That's quite the endorsement. <laughs> all right. Until next week. Everybody be good, be kind, and don't litter. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.